Escapes the grills, you bastard! Cover my tracks like butter, so where the bread be? I see beef is dead meat. Who that's the president? Yeah, me. No one scare me. Well, Amish people shouldn't use slides or pulleys or levers, gears. No, 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 no. The Amish, they're very modern these days. Yeah, dude, the, you ever seen the video of that Amish kid who has, like, the fucking crazy sub set up in the back of his buggy? Yeah, it's the shit, like, Big Crit dreams of. Pop the carriage. Yeah, <laughs> in the back of his shit, but, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, basically when you turn, like, 16 until whenever, you can go on Rumspringa, which is really just, like, fucking around and finding out um, about life. And also at that time, you can, like, have a job doing other stuff you can have a usb port in your buggy you can drive a truck but yeah i mean I, I think in general the amish have modernized a bit like they've decided solar power is okay really that's actually a big leap for them i feel like yeah it kind of seems like well i think they need solar power for like fridges and stuff wait did they go from no electricity to solar power i've heard that like amish people will use a the phone but the phone will be like at the end of the their street they'll like leave their house and go to the end of the road and use a phone like a pay phone and that's okay it's just oh yeah no in the house they have they have phones in the barn and some of them even have like computers in the barn for business purposes because the amish are like hustlers yo computers in the barn is like a crazy track name (laughs) or like an Amish fucking rapper yeah anyway this is Nerzy I'm Trey the other ones can introduce themselves I'm Drew and I'm John yeah John just waved and I was about to correct him on that because nobody can see us but yeah how's everybody been doing um the dog my dog is gonna live I thought my dog was gonna die thank you I was talking to a friend of the pod Mano from Nobels, and I mentioned this, and he said, let's go, which I was really happy about. That's one of the best, like, late Gen Z pieces of affirmation you can get. Shout out, Mano. Shout out, Nora. Yeah, man. Oh, so I've been having, like, a little problem sleeping mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, but when I go out to, like, smoke a J at 3 a.m. or whatever to, like, get myself sleepy again, there's a cat that's been joining me. Same cat? Same cat every time. I've named him Babytron. That's great. And he and dude are gender neutral in this case because I have no idea what, I guess, their whole thing is. What's the craziest thing you've seen in Brooklyn at 3 a.m. smoking joint? Someone taking a shit. Like, uh... Not in front of my house, but, like, yeah, it's, I've, I've been outside of a bar and seen someone across the street taking a shit. Like, what kind of person? I wasn't trying to look. I wasn't studying this motherfucker. Like, I'm just yeah. saying, like, was it like a... Like a it, was, it, was, it was a dude, and if you're trying to ask if he was homeless, it didn't necessarily look like that. No, I'm thinking he's like a night out kind of guy. A drunken fire and pooper? Yeah, like, he's just like, man, I'm in New York. Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. I'm going to do what I've always wanted to do. Yeah, you know, concrete jungle, wet dreams, tomatoes. We... <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you guys hear that story that uh, Dwayne Wade made the DJ run that track back like three times at the club because it was the first time he heard his name in a rap song? And someone <laughs> retweeted that, like, man, imagine being at a club and having, like, New York State of Mind played three times over and over <laughs> and over. <laughs> Strip club, mind you. 
I mean, I would I would have left the first time they played that, especially in a strip club. So seriously, yeah. I've never really understood the appeal of that song. Objectively, the majority, the vast majority of this country is not from New York City. <laughs> Has no real affiliations to it. And then, like, you just could, no matter where you were, you could be in Nebraska and you're going to hear that shit on the radio three times an hour at least. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with Taylor Swift. And that's what inspired her to write her own New York anthem. Is that true? Yeah. Everything I say is a fact. I I, uh, mm, yeah. I've never lied to you. I believe you. Thank you. Well, well, Drew, real quick, what are you eating? I just had some sautéed kale with some uh, pasta stuff with mushrooms in it. Okay. Yeah. So I went to the grocery store yesterday, very high. And I don't know what's going on over there, but they were having crazy sales, especially on frozen dinners. So I was like, oh, let me stock up on some lean cuisines. Let me do they have this Jamaican brand of frozen dinners, which was an oxtail and cabbage dinner with rice. Wow. Yeah. And um, I got to say, I should not have spent like $4 on this, but there's bones. Uh-oh. That's going to be a broth. Yeah, so I think we're going to up the broth. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, at the boy. very least, I get that out of this. Wait, $4 for frozen uh, oxtail is amazing. There were not that many. It's mostly rice and cabbage. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's not that many oxtail. It's like essence of oxtail. There's no way, yeah. Yeah, oxtail, okay, so it's like three compartments, and the rice is like the biggest by volume just because you can fit so much rice in like one fucking compartment. The oxtail was the second biggest one, and it's not really enough. Like if I ordered this one place and they were charging me $25 for a plate of oxtail and they gave me this, I'd walk back. I don't care how fucking far away they were <laughs> delivery. I would walk over there and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And then the cabbage was the right amount of cabbage proportional to everything else. But yeah. Okay. But they'd already made their bed. Yeah. Um, Trey, you told us you have a story about movers. Like what's oh, going on? Out of all the beeves I've ever fucking heard of, this is one of my favorite beefs. All right. Like, we've heard of Drake and Meat Mill. We've heard of the great uh, New York ice cream truck beef. <laughs> this is the great New York moving company beef. <laughs> okay. So Dumbo Moving, they're like the biggest one in Brooklyn, if not the city. Um, a few years ago, one of their employees broke off and started a piece of cake moving. Okay. There was a lawsuit and shit. I don't know where that stands, but everything's... You know, both companies are moving shit. Both companies are working. What was the lawsuit over? Was it like stealing trade secrets about like probably, how to- probably something like that? Like, yeah, I don't. A, a buddy of mine involved in like the uh, moving industry told me about all this. I'm not going to get his name involved because this starts getting a little. Huh. So Dumbo Moving is Israeli owned, and uh, Piece of Cake Moving is Balkan owned. Okay. And Piece of Cake went from like just a few cars three years ago, apparently, to like a hundred something now. And it's like, well, where did they get the funding for that? And don't, don't, don't ask questions yet. Okay. Okay. So Dumbo Moving put out a fucking uh, commercial Mm -hmm. and it just starts off with moving is not a piece of cake. (laughs) And it's like, oh, they're about to bar them up. (laughs) And then Dumbo goes into a whole thing about like, uh, yeah, we are about our community and moving you right and this, that, and the other. And then they end with, hey, moving is not a piece of cake, but maybe money laundering is. 
Oh my God. Oh my God. And then the commercial <laughs> ends with one of their trucks driving over a cake. So they basically allege that these people were like the mafia and shit. Oh, so man. they're going high via accusations of money laundering, but then going low by also having a shot of them running over a cake just to make fun of their name. It's a perfect diss track. And also the YouTube comments for this commercial are great because it's just like, you should watch what you say. And it's like, oh, bro, the Balkan, yeah, the Balkan Mafia about to get you. Uh, yeah. The Balkan Mafia definitely does hang out in YouTube comments, so I would definitely believe that. <laughs> also, it's so easy to accuse anyone of money laundering. Like, it's uh, it's very hard to prove and therefore very easy to, like, throw onto someone. Given your uh, unique set of experiences, uh, what are the best ways that you've heard of money laundering and what are the bad ones? Uh, so the biggest ones are charities and insurance. Those are the people that I saw in there. Um, so well, those one, don't seem like good ways to launder money. Well, they, they're they're good until they're not. Oh, charity is definitely a good way. Yeah, we yeah. got this many donations instead of this actual amount of donations. Or if you like run a business, you say, oh, yeah, we need a new HVAC system put in again this year. And it's going to cost me, oh, wow, that's crazy. Another three quarters of a million dollars. Um, and then you kind of just like have kickbacks, but you know, money laundering, it's kind of like AI, you know, it is like whatever you make it, like whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out. And like, well, so like if I wanted to launder money, I would, I could like start a business. Cause I feel like in the wire, they had like a bunch of different businesses that they would hang out at and launder their money through. It's like Orlando's club, goddamn the printing place. Way better idea. Okay. Check it out. You get a bunch of credit cards made, and then you uh, pretty much create all these people and email addresses for them, and then you subscribe to nerzy.substack.com <laughs> at the uh, five dollar a month patron level. Okay, and you build an organic fan base, and uh, that's kind of how you do it. Oh, so we could we could become popular through la money laundering? We don't have any money to launder though. No, people are laundering their money through us. We will be a vehicle for laundry. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we just have to make subscriptions like five grand a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it exactly. make sense. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, okay, so we have the money laundering tier. Yes. And no one would actually suspect like the 5K tier would be actually used for money laundering. Yeah, why would we, why would we say we're money laundering if we we're actually doing that that'd be very stupid of us and you know how we're serious about money laundering is we were actually starting a charity and that charity is an anti-laundry charity it's called dirty <laughs> money uh dirty money brought to you by nursey and that's our nonprofit charity feel free to donate to that a link is on nursey.substack.com for that too <laughs> you can use charities for all kinds of shit right like you can like get out of paying taxes and stuff right no we can say we're trying to revive the dodos and that's a charity <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I blew out my flip flop, stepped on a pop top. I broke my leg, had to limp on back home. God, I still feel pain. I wish I had some cocaine, but that's been gone since early this morning. Searching for my 
Man, Jimmy Buffett was so sick. R.I.P. Yeah. The night he died, we rewatched The Beach Bum, uh, which is just an incredible movie in his honor. First time I saw The Beach Bum was at a friend of the pods, Dan Ozzy's residence. As he and his friends used to watch just like a bunch of movies and have a theme every month. So this was Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And yeah, got to watch Beach Bum that night. It's like, it's an incredible, it's a coming of age story or like a hero's journey. Coming of age, about a 50-some-year-old man, okay. Yeah. That's how long it takes for men to grow up, you know? Well, it, well in New York, but he was in Florida. <laughs> Speaking of, like, criminal activities, I read a Rolling Stone profile of Jimmy Buffett from, like, 1979, um, the day after he died. And he just, like, he straight up lived on a boat and, like, hung out with people who like smuggled drugs from like the Caribbean to Miami. And those were just like his friends. That's not cool, man. (laughs) I'm sorry that Jimmy Buffett got away with it and you did not. (laughs) No, but it's cool because he made retirement communities cool again. Yeah, he did. And cruises. Did he start that? Cruises might have been cool because of Jimmy Buffett, not because it necessarily went out of style. Really? Yeah. Like, the idea of a cruise fucking sucks, but... But do you remember all those novelty cruises that all came about at the same time? Yeah, but I think the Trey's saying that was, like, an attempt to make cruises cool for, like, millennials and Gen Xers. Other demographics. But, like, I think Trey's saying... Nah, just stick through the script, man. Once they got back to the Buffett uh, ideology, yeah. We listened to a lot of Jimmy Buffett over the weekend. His live album from 78 is like one of the more openly coked out live albums you will ever hear. I love that kind of shit. Yeah, he like he's just screaming the entire time. And he has a secret third verse to Margaritaville that's just like, one, making fun of tourists really hard, and two, yelling, I wish I had cocaine. And the way he yells it, you know that he's not actually wishing that he had any. He means like at that very second, not like backstage or whatever. Like, yeah. He, he means like, no, like immediately, I wish I had cocaine. Yeah. This is, yeah, rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. I know you inspired a lot of people. I'm Canadian. I don't know. <laughs> Do you guys know who Rush is? Rush? Yeah, they're not just a Canadian band. Okay, wait, do you know who the Tragically Hip is? Yeah. Yeah. Really? How do you know who the Tragically Hip is? Obviously you do, Charlie. Because that dude died in, like, what was it, 2016 to 17, and I had to write the social uh, post for it. <laughs> okay. That was yeah. my first time hearing of the Tragically Hip, to be fair, but, like, yeah, I know who they are. I've only heard about them in the context of, like, a band that's really popular in Canada but isn't popular in America. Yeah, one of the very few cases of someone only being like, and like incredibly popular in Canada. Like people have their lyrics tattooed on them. I just saw a cover band of them play the food truck festival in my town. Whoa. Yeah, they're just like, they're on the level. I don't know if like they're the Grateful Dead of Canada or if Rush is the Grateful Dead of Canada, but whichever one is not the Grateful Dead of Canada is the Jimmy Butler of Canada. You mean Jimmy Buffett? You keep no, Slava's doing that thing where he says things wrong on purpose. Yeah. Like, don't, don't fall for the bit. No, I'm just like, 
I'm trying to goad Slava into saying Jimmy Buffett so I can like insert it into the pod when I edit it. Jimmy Buffett. Uh, thank you. Can you say it like Jimmy fast? Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. No, slow. Jimmy Buffett. Hey, say Jimmy motherfucking Buffett. Jimmy motherfucking mm. Buffett. Say it happy. Jimmy Buffett. Say it, say it angry. Jimmy Buffett. It's the same read. Yeah, well, guess what? That's the same thing <laughs> in my books. The same emotion. <laughs> Jamie, right. Say Jamie Buffett. Jamie okay. Buffett. Man, my car fucked up. Accelerated choke. choke. I ain't got time to tell you haters jokes. Nope. On my stoop, they try to sell a player coat. Now I walk inside my lobby and the elevator broke. Damn. Niggas act hard when they in the midst of folks. A hard drop, baby, when they get eviction notes. They gon' have to drag me out. Fuck it, bring him in the fight. Matter of fact, by 10 at night, I organize a tennis strike. With our t-shirt saying, we the people. Then I pointed to meet the evil. You can't neglect the field. Go back upstairs and expect to chill. But forgot to pay the electric bill. Shit. What the hell? Saturday night, no SNL. Tomorrow, Sunday, no NFL. I go on Twitter, type FML. Yeah, Rolling Loud is like, they work pretty closely with like local uh, police, I believe. Yeah. Or, or at least they're just like making sure like nothing bad happens at the fucking thing. Like when we were covering, I was doing interviews uh, rolling out Miami one year. Yeah. Shout out Audible Treats for making that happen. But they were just like, yeah, people were like getting held up at like the artist entrance because like they were like, you can't bring your gun in here. And it was like, <laughs> oh, come on, man. Like, <laughs> what, what is this malarkey? And so, yeah, they weren't talking like that. But That's like, how yeah. Kodak Black got arrested in Canada. Is at um, Rolling Loud? He brought a gun across the border and they let him through into the Canadian side because mm-hmm. he was transiting through Canada to get back to the United States. So he got into Canada fine and then he was going back into the States. And Wait, they, why was they, he doing this? Is there like a part of the border that like dips lower? I think if you're making your way from Chicago to like New York, it's easier to like cut through Buffalo or I'm not exactly sure, but he, he got in big trouble. And that, that's the, the, the charge that Trump pardoned him on was the federal weapons charge that he got from crossing the border with a fucking gun in his car. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, I knew Dude. Trump pardoned him. I didn't know that's what it was for. Because it was, it was just very, very funny that Trump knew who Kodak Black was. <laughs> Do you guys remember when Trump or when Lil Pump endorsed Trump and showed up at like a Trump rally with him and he was like, I'd like to welcome to the stage a very talented young man. His name is Little Pimp. Little Pimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. What a run Little Pump had. Yeah, Harvard dropout, spelling it V-E-R-D. You know, Riff Raff went pretty far, but I, Little Pump, out of this world, using the exact same playbook. And, like, Riff Raff's, like, a pro wrestler now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go on. <laughs> This is just what I've gleaned from Instagram. It seems like he got sober and got really into bodybuilding, probably used steroids, shouts out Slava. And I've definitely seen Instagrams of him like doing pro wrestling style stuff. Well, that's like better than him becoming a like 4G auto blow kind of guy. 
Oh, my friend texted me the other day, said that uh, out of his apartment in South Philly, he could hear someone driving on the street blasting 4G Auto Blow. What's, did he follow up the Walmart song? Oh, 4G Auto Blow puts out new music like once a week. Like when I interviewed him, he told me that basically his formula is taking uh, whatever the like MAGA topic du jour is. Oh, did he remix the Oliver Anthony song? Uh, no, but Bez Believe, the other rapper I interviewed for the Trump rap piece did. Nice. Riff Raff's on tour right now and he's not coming to New York City. God damn it. In the 1800s, or like he would be like a circus, sort of like the lead carnival barker. In the 1800s, they would have like burned him at the stake for knowing magic. <laughs> like he would have been like the last person to. I can see him as like a duchy in the Caribbean, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean style with like one of those white wigs, the curly wigs. But it's Riff Raff and he's making up the rules. My only thing is like he has these elaborate like chin straps or whatever and i don't think on a boat you have somebody who can just do that all the time mm-hmm. maybe that's why they're so elaborate because of the waves oh he's trying to like shave them regular but he's yeah. like ah. it's like oh yeah i mean i don't know like blackbeard had a big beard and he put candles in his beard to make himself look as if he were on fire that's like, this isn't a beard. It's like, it's literally just like a chin strap that doesn't go all the way down the chin. You know how okay. crazy pirates must have smelled, bro? Think about how crazy that smells. This guy's putting candles in his beard. I think pirates probably smelled fine because they were on a boat. And if they, they needed to get clean, yeah, you yeah. just jump in the water. Go for yeah, a fucking water. little swim. <laughs> no, and that's not how boats work. That's no. not how that's not how boats back then worked, man. They weren't just dropping anchor for everybody to like fucking jump in for a little bit. Oh, so you don't <laughs> smell somebody who's covered in salt water? That's a different kind of smelling crazy. <laughs> they also didn't necessarily have soap. That not that that would help you when you jump in salt water. Like, you know, pirate boats just smelled crazy. Um yeah. anyways. <laughs> R.I.P. Smash Mouth guy, also. Steve Harwell. Sure. Is that how we got here to talk about Jimmy Buffett? Yeah, Jimmy Buffett wrote the song A Pirate Looks at 40. We we had technically made it all the way back. And okay. now we are mourning the loss of Steve Harwell, Smash Mouth guy. What did he die from? Alcoholism. That'll do it. Steve Harwell... He seems like a chill. He seems like he's a chill guy. He tweeted a lot about sports from the Smash Mouth account. I once edited an interview with him, and he was just like, yeah, it's great being the Smash Mouth guy. He said that his band songs were like as good as the Beatles songs, which is like, you know. I respect the confidence. Yeah. I will say Smash Mouth probably could write yesterday, but the Beatles could not write fucking uh, Walking on the Sun. Yeah. Also... They literally couldn't write All Star because it had DJ scratches in it and they didn't have that concept then. And how many Beatles are in the Shrek movie? Zero. I'm sure that Paul McCartney has been on a Shrek adjacent soundtrack though. Yeah, but he wasn't he wasn't the main guy on it. It was a it was a Smash Mouth guy. Also, further insult to injury for this fake beef we're cooking up. Uh Smash Mouth covered the monkeys. I'm a believer. And monkeys were like a joke 
version of the Beatles for a sitcom. So there we go. You know what song was in Shrek? Live and Let Die by The Wings. Wait, really? Yeah. Huh. So Paul McCartney, closer to Shrek. Wait, I forget the point I was trying to make here, but yeah, the trivia. There are actually a lot of really good songs in Shrek, like Hallelujah's in there. Probably one of mm-hmm. the best, last good Disney movies. Or what is it, Pixar? Dream or Dreamworks, you ignorant piece of shit. <laughs> Get it right. Sorry, I don't watch anime. <laughs> I do think that Shrek, like, I Shrek is a meme among millennials in a way that, like, no Disney movie is or whatever, right? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Frozen. That's for, like, kids. And Shrek's for adults? Yeah, it absolutely is. fucking 30 now. now. Hey, okay, okay, Jesus. <laughs> you know, Sabi, you say a lot of shit on this podcast, but you're really starting to piss me off right now. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> fucking Slava pissing people off, who wrote in Team USA sucks, Team Canada rocks? Because yeah, I'm baby. mad now. Check the scoreboard, baby. How many wins you guys got? We just qualified. Dude, it's like our D team out there. Like, yeah. Whose fault is that? Well, did you recruit the D team or did you recruit everybody and no one's really fucking with your country? We recruited the D team because nobody wanted to go to this bullshit little tournament. Jakarta is exactly, beautiful yeah. this time of year. <laughs> well, I'm sure it is, but like, yeah, I'll go there on my own time, goddamn. Well, hopefully you'll be able to go to Paris because that's where the Olympics is going to be. And Team Canada will see Team America because we qualified. So that means Anthony Edwards is going to have to see, that's right, Shea Gorgeous Alexander, the pride of Hamilton, Ontario. Okay, no one cares. Shut up. You guys aren't real sports heads. Your third best player is Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, but you know what? Good for him. Who, like, honestly, I didn't even know it was Canadian until all this started coming up. So, like, yeah. I'm with Slava. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, Kelly Olenek stayed with the program for a long time. Also, our third best player would be Andrew Wiggins, but he doesn't want to play until it's the Olympics because he doesn't want to waste his time with FIBA. No one really cares about basketball in this country. We sent one basketball writer for the entire country. Slovenia sent like 14, and they just have Luka. I mean, they have the whole country there, but you know. <laughs> when you think of like Team USA basketball, what is who is the person that comes to mind? Maybe Mellow, but like, yeah, because, and, and that's only because like this is the only shit Mellow ever won, right? Really, but like, yeah, when I think about like who like that dude was, like, it's that's probably like, yeah, I would, I would honestly like in terms of like who that dude was, I would put Barkley in front of Mellow. But Mellow I mean, is like most recent, yeah. Mellow encapsulates just like, oh, this is a chance for like dudes who would never win something to win something. That's yeah. really just what the U.S. Olympic basketball is. And that's yes. why I think Anthony Edwards is about to become the new face of Olympic basketball in America. Because the only time he's going to win anything. I'm not going to argue with you on that one. Like, yeah, that, that is something that I could very much see happening. Oh, yo, speaking of Carmelo. So back when I was like working at the company we used to work for is New York office. Which they don't have anymore as of last they week. They do not. Yeah. Shouts, yeah, out, yeah. shouts out remote work. Yeah, they apparently told everybody with, like, not a long enough uh, lead time, like, yo, we're out of here September 1st. That's so funny. From what I understand, they basically said it's remote for now, but it won't be remote forever. And when I was hearing that, 
I heard like Morgan Freeman narrating voice in my head. Like it's going to be forever. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be filming uh, that news show out of a fucking WeWork. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're going to be filming it out of Saudi Arabia, like the neon headquarters. <laughs> MBS himself is a lead anchor. Yeah. The new Shane Smith. They definitely took money from them. They also, I think they got in trouble for taking money from the NYPD. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. And then I think the union said some about it. They're like, okay, fine, you fucking party poopers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but back when they were cool, what? Back when they were cool, when I had to write something or edit something super intense, I would like always go hide in like some different part of the office. And I'm like sitting there on a couch or something. And I look up. And I'm like, damn, there is a six foot 10 to seven foot tall man just walking through the office. Wait a second. That's Carmelo Anthony. And apparently he was like developing a show with them or something. But yeah, I saw Carmelo Anthony one time and like, it's like weird seeing someone that tall. Dude, one time back when I worked in the gardening nursery right after, after college, George Mirasan came in. Oh, man. That's easily the largest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He's like fucking six, seven or seven, six, seven, seven. Yeah. And it's, and it's just like, yeah, like buildings aren't built for like people like him. So he's just got like his head like kind of slowly down the whole time and shit. And then my manager over there kept acting like he was going to play defense on him. And George, (laughs) he was a good sport about it. And then eventually his face was like, huh? He was like, I'm going to kill this guy. (laughs) When I was at UNC, um, for some reason, like between classes, I would always cross paths with this dude named Tyler Zeller. Oh, I remember remember Tyler Zeller. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like he and I had had to walk opposite ways to like go to our respective classes that was another dude who was seven foot and i always noticed this is like the number one recruit of the unc freshman class and he did not have appropriate length pants like all of his pants were like track pants that went like right above his ankles like too high up to be regular pants but way too low to be considered capris and I was always just like, God damn, like, can't the boosters like illegally get this kid a tailor or something? Yeah, it's looking at like photos of like NBA players from like the 90s and like 2000s, early 2000s and shit. It's just like the amount of fabric that was required. <laughs> yeah, it's just. It's back when we made things in this country. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like probably the NBA might have like the textile industry boom. And that's why David Stern made everybody start wearing suits. He was getting like, you know, cut back from like the fucking. It was a kickback to big tailoring. Yeah. <laughs> big uh, fucking bespoke suit. Nowadays, you're not wearing anything, okay? Everything's coming from shine. They're trying to save money on material. They're using the cheapest silks. And it shows. Even something from Shine for these dudes would cost at least like 80 bucks for a pair of jeans that cost us like nine. I remember one time I saw PJ Tucker in the big mall in Toronto. And it was just weird because we're the same height. Because he's like not a very tall guy. So you you kind of have to do a double take because you're like... Wait, how tall are you, Slava? I'm 6'4". And he's listed as 6'5". 
but I feel like PJ is listed at six seven. Well, that's when they get measured in the shoes they wear on court, or they just lie. Because I've been around a couple of NBA players who were listed like taller than me, and then in real life they weren't. Like you're definitely taller than Fred VanVleet. Everybody on this video call is taller than Fred VanVleet. I saw a fucking AI in Lennox Mall one time, and it was like, ain't no way you like six foot, bro. Well, he might be shrinking. Well, no, this was like back in 2010. He wasn't. No, this is before. That's probably like 2007, eight. Like, yeah, he wasn't shrinking that much yet. Or he might have been slouching. I don't know, but he was not taller than me at the time. I'll tell you that much. It's impressive when NBA players are like short. They had to snip that in the butt with Isaiah Thomas. I don't like like these freakishly tall NBA players. I don't trust it. Like you're seven foot six in your guard. Stop. Who was who seven? Who was seven six in the guard? Like Chet Holmgren. Literally Wimby. Yeah, Wimby. All of these like weird ass fucking inflatable car dealership dudes. i feel like that trend is not gonna last very long or those guys are all gonna have to get so strong that they can't be that fast it's gonna be so funny seeing like a fucking buff ass Wemby like swinging his shoulders like dribbling the ball (laughs) he can't just move normally yeah i mean chet holmgren had to sit out an entire season because lebron james stepped on his foot yeah the guy's like made out of dandelions. Look here, I be on the paper chase. I'm all about my cheddar. I ain't touching the mic if it ain't five G's or better. I plan to never fall short again. I won't gain. Boy, I'ma tell you no pain, no gain. I hustle hard for what I want. That's how I get it. I struggle hard, and if it's out there, I'm going get it. If you see CMR, a dollar sign on the CD. Somewhere on there, you'll see feature the BG. Me and my nigga B like sugar. So uh, we took a little break, and John um, informed us that he did not know who BG was. What the fuck? <laughs> so we took a little break so he could do a little research. Uh, John, tell us what you've learned about BG so far. Don't look it up. What the hell else am I going to know? Because you were supposed to do this during the break. That's why we took the break. I, <laughs> I talked to Slava. And... Um, okay. Well, give us some BG facts. Uh, signed to Cash Money when he was 12. Uh, was in the Hot Boys. I'm All right, I'm going to need you to cover your eyes, John, um, because you're very clearly reading off computer screen right now. Yeah, you didn't take any fucking notes. You're no. just You're just skimming a Wikipedia page right now. That is exactly what I'm doing, correct. Oh, my God. Well, there you go. That's my BG knowledge. Gentlemen, now, if you will. <laughs> Do you know who the Hot Boys were? Yeah, of course. Name five of their songs. Well, I'm not going to come on now, Drew. You really... So you can't, is what you're saying. But I I answered the question, and in a deposition, the lawyer would be happy with my answer. I was alive. No, the lawyer would not be happy with your answer, but legally... If if I heard the Hot Boys, I said yes. There there you go, Judge. But you can't name five of their songs. No. That would be an incredible thing in a a deposition. (laughs) To like be required, I probably couldn't name like five of anyone's songs if I were being deposed. I would fuck up. Did you know that uh, they put a, a Hot Boy Summer in 2021? It wasn't canon. It's, it's like it's like a greatest hits thing. Oh, there's no new music on here. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're All looking right, on but, Spotify at that thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Trey, BG got out. How are you feeling? 
Feeling very, very good for him, man. He's one of the greatest rappers from the South, and I don't even say that, like, in a way that's supposed to be, you know, over-the-top, extravagant, Mm -hmm. exaggeration or whatever. Like, he legitimately is just, like, he was an incredible fucking wordsmith and an incredible fucking rapper. He's one of the few rappers who made a song that that song then became part of the American lexicon and entered the dictionary. You mean... Bling bling, obviously. Yeah, oh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Bling bling. John, have you ever have you ever heard bling bling? I have indeed. Okay, well then you heard of BG. Well, there you go. I was just saying that because my dad listens to this podcast and he probably has not heard bling bling. So I just wanted to help my dad out there. Yo, your dad's probably heard the term bling bling. He has never heard the song, the song bling bling. And that's I think is like a true indicator of impact. That's true, yeah. Did you see the video of him getting out? Yeah, Birdman came and, like, you know, greeted him. That's and crazy. I think it, yeah, and it's like, what's going on there? Number one. Like, it, it's like, you know, it's not my fault. Like, Birdman does have a bit of a reputation preceding him. I mean, it's kind of like if we had been doing this podcast prior to Slava going to jail, and you guys knew that I had been keeping all the money, and then I came and, like, gave slava a hug when he got out yeah but you wouldn't know that like maybe birdman's been holding down bg putting money on his books calling him every uh every thursday at four o'clock to tell him about the latest developments in web three you're right i don't know that trey how would you rank the members of hot boys in terms of uh overall tightness versus tightness within the hot boys cash money ecosystem no offense but turk dead last yeah um, i i was thinking about this as i was asking you the question and but yeah, turk was still good yeah but, uh, yo you just so speaking to bing bling bling you want to know if well, it's not a funny story it's actually like kind of sad but yeah turk was on the original track and wayne wasn't mm-hmm and the reason Wayne ends up like on the track in the video and stuff is because uh, the day they were shooting the video, nobody could uh, find Turk. And he was like just shooting up heroin in a trap house and nobody could get a hold of him. So they were like, well, we need Wayne for this shit. Jesus. And I think that's one of those moments in like music history where it's like if Turk hadn't been doing that, then we might be talking about it. Because like there was a point in the Hot Boys where it was like Wayne is objectively like the worst rapper in this. Yeah, because he was, like, the youngest guy. He was the youngest guy, and also just, like, Wayne... Well, first of all, well, not to distract from the BG conversation, but, like, I don't think Wayne has a classic album in his discography. Are we are we counting mixtapes, though? No, we're not counting mixtapes. We're talking about, like... Carter III is a classic. Uh, mm. <laughs> I feel like all his albums are a little too bloated. Like, there are several, if you cut, like somewhere between four to seven songs off of it, then like, yeah, this is a classic album. I think Carter one is probably a classic. Carter one. Carter Carter one's probably the closest he has to a classic. Yeah. I also don't know how much of that is just the Manny fresh intro. Oh, when I was asking this question, I also was sort of implying that Manny fresh counts as one of the hot boys. No, there's four hot boys. That's the group. Yeah, don't, don't, no, don't, don't, no, no, no. So is Manny Fresh the George Martin 
of the Hot Boys. Who are the Hot Boys in this regard? The Beatles. No, no, still. Manny Fresh is like April O'Neil. To the Hot Boys, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah. Or is he Splinter? No. No, Birdman Splinter. (laughs) All right, I'm glad we've diagrammed this out. Anyways, Trey, rank the Hot Boys. I'll do it in terms of longevity. Okay. First. In terms of longevity, it's probably Wayne, Juvenile, BG, Turk. In terms of when they were at their prime, mm-hmm. BG, Juvenile, Turk, Wayne. Okay. Yeah, it's BG, like, his shit was just so fucking visceral, and, like, he also had the best New Orleans accent out of all of them. And I remember Manny Fresh, like, one time telling the story. It was like, we'd be in the studio with BG, and he, like, he just couldn't get anything down. He'd be like, all right, I'll be back real quick. And then he would come back, like, two, three days later and just have, like, the craziest verse that you ever heard. And he would rap about, like, I, f- I killed that motherfucker. He got blood on my shirt. And then you look down at his shirt, and it's like, wait, is that blood on his shirt right now? <laughs> and, yeah. BG was just like, yeah. Chopper City in the Ghetto is one of my favorite albums ever. I actually had the uh, Manny Fresh interview that I believe you're citing open. Um, It's one he does with Complex. And can I read you a couple quotes from Manny Fresh about BG? Yes. Who wrote it? Let's give somebody some credit real quick. Uh, Insanul Ahmed. Good dude. Oh, fucking Meteor Legend. Mm. Yeah, Manny Fresh says, BG was just like his lyrics. It was weird because he'd leave and come back like, I'm ready to record. It was always mysterious, like, where did you go? We didn't realize that he was really speaking the truth. It came out later that this dude was not just rapping. This dude was really doing all this shit. BG and Wayne were kids, but they just had street knowledge. BG had the type of fans that were just like him. We would show up to concerts and they would basically cuss us out and be like, they just love him. Like, this bullshit you're talking about, we don't fuck with that. But BG, we're riding with you. And it would be the craziest dudes in the world. He brought out the serial killers. (laughs) Cool. I just, I, and he was saying that complimentary. Like, imagine just like the most raw distilled version of 21 Savage. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason, like, Future shouts out BG on so much shit. He's one of the, like, silently most influential rappers of the past, like, of this generation, at least. Or the or who this current generation listened to, like, the Futures and the Gucci's. The Futures and the Gucci's were listened to, like, BG. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that he is able to be rewarded monetarily, um now that he's out because like uh you know cash money great record label a lot of great releases not a great track record of paying people yeah i just want him to like not have to have to work you know Uh i want him to be able to come out and then birdman do the whole thing that he's doing right now with giving people their catalogs back yeah and then like bg can just like kick back and just like all the back checks from bling bling being used and shit he gets all those can you explain what's going on with diddy like yeah i have no idea exactly what's going on let's pull this up because i have no idea exactly what's going on but i think it's 
about straight up publishing. Now, this is a really feel good story, right? What's the catch? Well, the catch is that they were fucking signed to Bad Boy and like Diddy would make you rent his Lambo from him when you wanted to record a music video. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you were not allowed to get on the train and go to the studio. You had to go in the Lambo. Otherwise, you wouldn't be let in the studio. You'd be violating fucking contract or some shit. Like, it, yeah, it's some of those like contracts back in the day were fucking ridiculous. And now that same person is giving people back their publishing out of the goodness of his heart. Hold on, I pulled up a Forbes article. Let's look at this real quick. No, Forbes is fucking fake news, dude. Okay, then, let, okay. Uh, how do no. you feel about Yahoo Finance? <laughs> as long as it's not an aggregation of Forbes. Okay, how about New York Post? How about TMZ? All right, yeah. New York Post, uh, they put in work. They fact check. Actually, no, this is about him getting an MTV's Global Icon Award. Here's Variety. We can agree Variety is good, right? No, Variety is anti-union. Okay. God damn, man. Who can I read nowadays? BBC is are they okay? Uh for these purposes, fine. <laughs> okay. Sean Diddy Combs returns lucrative music rights to bad boy records artists. In a rare move, Sean Diddy Combs has returned some uh, blah blah. Uh those acts have now been given back control of their songwriting rights. A source of with knowledge of the deal says Combs had previously been offered millions of dollars to sell the rights. The value of the music publishing rights has increased dramatically in recent years with artists like Dylan, Neil Young, Diana, foregoing future royalties and stage for nine-figure sums. Combs declined those offers in favors of giving back to the people who helped build his company, the BBC has been told. Uh, however, the process of reaching out to artists and writers began in May 2021. While most of the parties have agreed to the deal and signed contracts, others are still to be tracked down. So... What I'm getting is that your publishing rights are like you own the song. And if you want to remix it or compose it, then you that's cool because you own it. But licensing rights is like how you use that recording of the song and like sell that recording. According to royaltyexchange.com, the rights to a song's composition, including the music and accompanying lyrics, are typically called publishing rights. The three types of publishing royalties are mechanical, performance, and synchronization. Correct. All correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. So syncs are like the main thing here from publishing. Right? Yeah, it looks like that's a big money maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that he's also like reached out to Black Rob's estate because I'm sure that Woe is like such Mack. a huge or Craig Mack. Yeah, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if Diddy secretly got the word Woe trademarked after that song. <laughs> yeah, for real. I will say that like a lot of this shit was like sort of standard practice for the record industry in that day. Like if y'all have read the Eve six guys, Patreon blogs back in the day, he like went to a dinner that his label like threw for him and his band being like, Oh my God, you guys are going to sell a million copies. We're so excited about you, blah, blah, blah. And then they made a big show of putting their own card like the company credit card down for the check only to later find out that like the you know thousand dollar dinner or whatever had been taken out of eve six's advance dude the entire in, uh history of the music industry is fucking insane like so i 
did like a TikTok about this story because, you know, I was 34 years old and this is just how the music industry works nowadays. <laughs> I think it was Drew who wrote it, Drew Schwartz. Shout out Drew Schwartz. We'll have him on the pod one day. But yeah, um, yeah it was basically like about how black artists been getting screwed over in the record industry for years. Like if you saw the contract Lil Richard signed for Tutti Frutti, and like how influential it is versus about the amount of money he actually made off of it, it it'll turn you into the Joker. <laughs> and like it is funny when you think about obviously Elvis, but like Colonel Tom Parker, I think like the quote is like, "Well, we both do fifty percent of the work, so I get fifty percent of the pay." And Elvis was like, "Yeah, sure, it sounds good." Like this was this was the contract like negotiation at that stage. Yeah, I'm going to borrow a uh, I'm going to take a page from Slava's book and say that this is a Drew M tip. Uh if you're a himbo, get somebody who's not your manager to read your contract. Yeah, for all aspiring musicians out there, you should have a manager and a lawyer. And for all aspiring managers out there, Remember, there's a lot of people out there with talent, but it's really you that uh, turns them into superstars. <laughs> yeah, you're doing all the hard work, okay? Don't don't let the naysayers tell you anything different. Do you know what kind of hours Scooter Braun was putting in? Oh, my God, okay. dude, so many. He has so much talent. Yeah, dude, yeah. We still don't know what he did, eh? Scooter Braun is like the Martin Luther King Jr. of music. <laughs> <laughs> there was like rumors that he was gonna get canceled and everybody dropped him as a agent. oh you know he got canceled for what though yeah he got canceled from capitalism i'll tell you that much man you don't have a single client you don't have two clients to make them shake hands with each other man so martin shkreli is hiring did you guys hear about this? That was like a half-assed David Letterman impression. <laughs> I, I haven't even looked at this tweet, yo. So, due to increased stalker slash hoe activity, I made a job posting on Craigslist. Bodyguard for high-profile executive. Personality. Midtown East. You. Yeah, I said like, like that because it's in all caps, and there's a lot of words in all caps that I will just say like that. Yep. Okay. You are a soldier looking for a new general. I am that man, that guy, him. You may know me as the farmer, bro. One of the biggest bosses of this whole century and the whole United <laughs> States of America. I'm not reading this. So this is so fucking long, man. Take away this month. Yeah. Elon has ruined this site, man. Yeah. This is, this is a 10 tweet thread. 
We don't actually have to talk about this. This has been Nerzy. Slava has to go to bed. No, I was just going to say that I hate this Martin Shkreli guy. I think it's so <laughs> pathetic that this fucking dweeb-ass loser went to jail, and now he thinks he's some hard-body gangster who has all these like anecdotes and stories, and he like keeps referencing the fact that he went to jail yeah. all the time. <laughs> also, this isn't even being a bodyguard. Like It's... Like, it's just a professional friend. This isn't even a friend, man. He's like, you have to go get girls for me, too. And it's like, okay, but am I supposed to be guarding your body? Are you going to stand behind me while I get you girls? Like, what are we doing right here? Oh, this, oh, this is the most scumbag posting I've ever seen in my life. Holy <laughs> shit. I feel like the fact that he made this post, like, necessitates hiring a bodyguard. Like, I want to go beat him up. Exactly. In this whole thing. Points in this. You must fuck with X and the locks. Must know all street slang and language. You will be tested. By who is unclear. Honestly, Trey, this would be so cool if you got that job. I I mean, mean, I'm not from New York and that's easy verifiable. He might ask for my birth certificate. Well, I mean, I think (laughs) of all of us, the one who could like, if you have to send a photo of yourself, like Slava, you're really the only hope we have. Yeah, honestly, okay, this is the plan. I'm going to show up as Slava's representative. Uh-huh. Okay. He is a Canadian-based former IDF member. <laughs> <laughs> or we could say you were in one of those, like, squadrons in, like, a Balkan war or something. It's up to you. Yeah, no, I think, like, Slava IDF guy, I think it fits because, like, so the guy I was on an Amish tour with yesterday, <laughs> one of them was very clearly like an idf guy like he had a bunch of tribal tattoos what what, an amish guy no 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 a a fellow member of my tour group oh okay um he had a bunch of tribal tattoos but was wearing a usa t-shirt and had a very thick israeli accent and he kept like he was like very clearly like steroid addled and kept telling cows like you will be steak soon. Um, <laughs> completely, completely normal things to yell at animals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like. I would only say this um, because I'm sure that he is not a hipster who is on fucking rap Twitter and will therefore never find out about this podcast. Um, but he also thought himself to a jokester. Um, and he was actually the first guy to realize like, oh, you can herd these pigs up this like thing and make them go down the slide. And he was doing it before, uh, the Amish teen was doing it for us. But like the point is Slava, you could have IDF energy if you just like wore tighter shirts. Yeah. Let's get Slava some affliction shirts. (laughs) (laughs) We just need you to dress like a UFC fan who doesn't know how to fight. Slava, I'm sorry that we're always or that we like frequently make make the fact that you are strong and like have like a beard and tall like a a joke. This is not a joke. I'm dead ass. Like, <laughs> let's do this. That's actually pretty nice. I don't know about that. Also, Slava can beat us up if he doesn't like it, so it's fun. Yep. All right, Trey and I have to go hide now that we have like baited slava into violating his parole and come beat us up uh this has been nerzy 
the number one podcast about Amish facts and jail facts and Martin Shkreli facts. Balkan facts. Yep. Money laundering facts. NBA player actual height facts. Yes. Oh, my God. I can't believe PJ Tucker's not that tall. Yeah, we blew the lid off that one. It goes all the way to the top. No one's ever talked about that one before. Oh, yeah. This has been Slava, and I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. And John is here, too. And this is Trey. All right. Good night, everyone.